Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Audible.com. If you want to download a free audio book, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or just click on one of the pictures on my website that says Audible. Okay, now let's get started. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Um, I've realised you can't really respond to that unless you uh, write a comment on my website. But um, as I'm recording this now, sitting here, there's no way for you to get in touch with me unless somehow, maybe you're nearby, maybe you're I'm just nearby. Hi, pa- I'm, d- I'm doing well. You're, you're all right? You're doing well? I'm doing very well, yeah. You asked me how are you, so I'm doing very well. Okay, good. I'm well, the only one that can respond to you. Anyone who's in the, the vicinity, basically, whenever you ask that question, how are you, anyone who's within earshot... There's a French man painting his window down there. Is there really? So he could say that he's all right. Do you want to shout to him? Bonjour, est-ce que ça va bien? No response. No response. You need to shout it in English. How are you? Any response? No, I'm no? not hearing any response from anywhere. So everyone, okay, well, everyone is too hot. That's what's going on right now. The temperature, as I look at my Apple Watch, is 32 degrees Celsius, which is about a billion degrees Fahrenheit. 32 degrees Celsius is, is, is not normal, really, for... Well, it's, it's a little bit normal for Paris in the middle of summer like this, I suppose. Every now and then... Uh, the temperature soars to uh, the sort of mid-30s, but it's not that common, is it, really? I feel like the word soars has a sound of like soaring, like soars. Yes. It, I hear a sound effect every time somebody What's the say, sound effect that you hear when you hear someone say soar? So that's what the, the noise that the temperature is making mm. as it gets, it's like he soared through the sky. Yeah. I'm hearing S- Superman going yeah, with totally, his cape yeah. in the background. You're hearing Superman going Exactly. He's just standing there, just going... Yeah. So every like time the temperature gets over 30 degrees... Superman uh, just stands there, goes... Oh, <laughs> it's hot, isn't sound it? sound effect to the official French uh, weather report. It's a good point because the word soar, S-O-A-R, is used in... Or it's used in um, sort of describing numbers and figures and things, trends, mm. isn't it? You know, sails soared to... Uh, soared through the roof. Yes. Is that... No, something... They go through the roof. They go through the roof. It's possible yeah. It's possible to go through the roof, meaning to go very high, but also to, to get very angry. No, to hit the roof and go through the roof is to lose your temper, isn't it? Well, how but would you say... I, I, I feel like there's an expression that's something like, oh, the figures at this quarter have... have gone through the roof. Have gone through the roof. Yeah, I mean that they, they went up so high that they just, you know, went, they, they went th- uh, higher than they've done before. The figures have soared. Yeah. I can imagine, like... A, like if it's a shop, uh, the, the figures from last time have soared. Yeah. Like as the money goes in the till uh, yeah. at the checkout, it's just going... Because <laughs> that's what soaring sounds like. You can imagine in some sort of shareholders meeting where they're looking at a big graph and a PowerPoint presentation and the, 
the, the manager, the general manager is going, well, you can see here that since um, <laughs> we adopted the new marketing campaign that sales have, have soared, sales have quite literally soared, not... <sighs> Not, not literally, because that would be weird if sails were literally flying really high in the sky. Well, and to soar, well, soar is like three different words there as well. Uh -huh. for, for those that don't speak English, it's very confusing because soar, S-O-A-R, is the word we've been talking about. Yeah. But there's also a soar to cut somebody's leg off, like to soar, Someone's like leg the film. Soar when they cut off legs. Yeah. Uh, so that's soar. And then you've got a soar that you might have on your face, which is like a cold soar. Yeah. Um, like when you've got a little red thing on your face. I don't know why they call it a cold sore. I've never had it when it's cold. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they arrive when it's cold. But sore can be an adjective as well. Like I've got a sore throat. Sore throat, for example. there you go. S-O-R-E. So we've got, I've got a sore throat, S-O-R-E. Uh, I'm going to saw your leg off unless you give me the money, um, which is a, a, just a, a commonly occurring phrase. That I use on a daily basis. Yep, and that's S A W. S S A W, and then there's soar in the sky, and that's S O A R. Sales soared in the last quarter, uh, and the eagle soars in the sky. Superman <laughs> soars in the sky. So to soar means to to fly really high, and it's you also used to to talk about numbers and figures when the numbers go really high as well. You could have a sentence like, "Oh, the sales figured soared this year uh, in the department of the soars, even though I had a cold soar." while telling the sores and then i got sars and then you got sars here's the thing that's a very uk only thing because mm -hmm. in america uh yeah the pronunciation of the first word which is the the figures sword would be the figures sword so sword but the film was called saw right i'm gonna saw your leg off so that doesn't work in american english it only works in british australian english okay well, does that is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. It might be confusing for people who are listening to this who are used to an American accent. Right. Although they're not because you're Luke's English podcast and it's English. I am Luke's English and podcast. And even in your logo, you've got some UK referencing things. So Hell yeah. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> uh, that's exactly what it is. But, but I mean, sure, sure. That's another word. That's sure. if Sean Connery was involved. Uh, shales shored over the last uh, quarter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sure, Paul, sure. Um, uh. Listeners who listen to this podcast may be more familiar with the with the British English year, but um, in general, more people seem to be familiar with the American version of this wonderful language. The vowels, the vowel sounds are very different in America than they are in the UK. Um, I found it out when I was in the US. And I tried telling somebody my name. Right. Which is Paul. Paul. You were uh, in Starbucks, no? I was in Starbucks, yeah. I, uh, I have a photo of a Starbucks cup with my name spelt wrong. Uh, yeah. Paul is a very English... Well, it's just a, a, an English-speaking name. Yeah. Like, it's very common in, in all the whole speaking Anglo world. Anglo-Saxon... But the way I pronounce it, as an English person, yeah. is Paul. The Americans think I'm saying Paul. Like pole dancer. Like P-O-L-E, like pole dancer. Uh, and it, it's every time, and then they, because they would pronounce it Paul. Paul. So I'm like, my name is Paul, and they go, Paul? So, like, so let's imagine the scene in Starbucks, okay? Yeah. Um, good morning, sir. How can I help you? Hi, can I get an English breakfast tea uh, with a little bit of space for milk, please, and a chocolate muffin? Okay, a little bit particular, a little slightly anal English guy, no problem. Uh, what's your name? You didn't ask me what size I want. What size do you want? Do you want, want tall, grande, vente, bullshite? I'll have the bullshite. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, that was just a joke, but that's fine. Uh, what name shall I put on the on the cup here, buddy? Paul. Sorry. 
Sorry, what? Pole? Yeah. Pole? Yeah. Like pole dancer? No, Paul, like P-A-U-L. Paul. Paul. Oh, Paul! Yeah, because how many people do you know that are called Paul? You idiot. <laughs> Shut up and make my tea. <laughs> All right, then. There you go. You never know. There might be people out there called Paul. I've never met anyone uh, except for a Paul called Paul. There, there aren't many people in Poland called Paul. No, I know that. I, I doubt that. Um, but the, it, that joke works in French as well because... Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul could be like Paul Emploi, which is the the, the unemployment office, which job is P O L E, yeah, the job center, uh, which is great. Which is, I have to go visit at some stage. Anyway, um, yeah, you need to. Yeah, vowel sounds. That's the different vowel sounds. The joy of vowel sounds. So, how did we start talking about soaring? Uh, you were talking about oh, the temperature soared. The that's temperature. How we stored, that's how we started the conversation. That's it. The temperature is that is hot. Every now and then the temperature in Paris soars uh, into the mid-30s and it gets very hot here, which is great. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love getting a bit of sunshine on the old uh, epidermis, that skin. Um, you do have one leg that's in the sun and one leg that is not in the sun, Luke, yeah, is that, is as, that we're, a bad, as is that we're talking. So you might thing? have one slightly red leg at the end of the day and one normal leg. That's why they call me Red Legs. Red Leg. Captain Red Leg. Captain Red Leg. Just if I was a pirate, that's what I'd be called, Captain <laughs> Captain Redleg, because I'd have one leg in the sun, you would. And one leg in Maybe the shade. Maybe that's how Captain Hook lost his leg because he got so sunburned they had to On remove one the leg whole that they leg. They had to cut the leg off and then they made it into a wood. They had to amputate it. Well, maybe it got so burned it just sort of cr- crusted into a <laughs> like a sort of a, a block, and he, you know, everyone assumed it was wood and it's actually his leg, but just really badly burned, so it becomes like like mahogany. You know, I like that beginning. <laughs> the, the beginning—that's the prequel to Peter Pan—is how Captain Hook lost his leg. Yeah, like a sort of a J.K. Rowling kind of thing. Captain Hook and the mahogany leg. <laughs> it's, it's, ah. it's a winning franchise. It'll make me rich one day. Um, so I'm sitting here with Paul Taylor or uh, Paul. Uh, how do they? How do the French Paul say? Taylor. Paul, Paul Taylor. Paul oh, yeah. Taylor. Okay, or otherwise known as Paul Taylor. Um, and uh, where's Amber, Paul? You know what? Where Amber- the hell's Amber? Because everyone's thinking, oh, I like Amber's voice. Yeah, everyone hates my voice. Everyone We've hates your voice. Comments are like, oh, Amber's voice is so delightfully beautiful. I wish I spoke more like Amber. I, my girlfriend wishes I spoke more like you. Well, of course. Because you've got a, a, a more of a posh English accent than I do. Uh, and uh, she, uh, she very much likes that. She, she finds it uh, unfortunate that I don't speak with a more posh English accent. You're not the only one, you know, Paul, because um, uh, there's a guy that we know called Ryan McMichael. Yeah. You know him? Yeah. American guy? Yeah. Very cool guy, right? Yeah, he's got the coolest hair I've ever seen he's on a real human being. He's the coolest human being that I know in terms of the way he looks. And yep. obviously, inside he's just a he's a tosser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just on joking. the outside, he's cool. On the inside, he's a it, absolute tosser. No, I'm just joking, of course. But um, hi, Ryan, if you're listening. Hi, to Ryan, this. if you're listening to this, which you're probably not. But maybe you are. Maybe maybe he is actually because he watched one of my videos that um, not many other people had seen. So oh, maybe okay. Ryan McMichael is listening to this. Anyway, you were saying. About- anyway, I was saying, and I think maybe he probably is based on this story. He told me. Now he didn't even tell me. He announced it on stage after I'd introduced him at a comedy show. He came up on stage. The first thing he said was that he'd had. Uh, uh, Let's call it a sex dream, Paul. Yeah. He had a sex dream, 
about Emma Watson. You know Emma Watson, of course. Uh, yes. She played Hermione in the That's it, yeah. I was Harry getting Potter. her confused with Emma Stone or Emma... Well, they're both like very cute sort of, um, you know, starlets. Yes. Um, but Emma Watson is this British actress who these days is considered to be like hot, but also intelligent. She's like an activist for feminist causes and stuff like that. But she's like widely adored by uh you know a whole generation of fans and people you know fantasize about her and stuff including ryan mcmichael he had a sex dream about uh uh emma watson dirty dirty man yeah he is yeah we all know that he is we all but, know that we've all had that as but well. but here's though. the twist all right when emma watson in in his dream spoke she sounded like you she spoke with my voice <laughs> oh good times <laughs> so clearly clearly your voice does something to people luke I think it does. It 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 puts people into a a sort of uh, a warm and malle- malle- malleable state, a pliable condition. I do. Yeah, it's like a hypnotic kind of voice, isn't it? I'm Paul. upset that my voice. Paul. No one likes my voice. Paul. Yeah. So the question was, where is Amber? She uh, is actually in Portugal on holiday, unfortunately. Unbelievable. Uh, so uh, you won't be hearing her today. For yes. those of you who like her voice, so. Uh, you'll have to put up with my voice. Yeah, if you if you love Amber's voice, and you know you're right, I can maybe nice imitate voice. her the whole. You reckon? Oh, hello, Luke. I can't imitate. That's the her. Queen. That's not. That's <laughs> not Amber. <laughs> so I'm very sorry, everyone. Amber's not here today, but you know, I would say her spirit is with us. But that's bollocks. Isn't she, it? Her spirit is on the beach right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Um, so. Let's see what's going on in this episode. Well, we're sitting up here on the uh, on the sort of rooftop thing, um, um, just melting in the summer heat, which is nice. I'm enjoying that very much. There's a I do have a, a kind of canopy which I can extend over part of this uh, this little balcony, uh, which allows uh, us to keep the sun off our skin. But I do have one leg in the sun, another leg in the shade. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that affects the the color of my legs paul is now taking a photograph of me yeah i like taking looking, photographs i look these. very I, I look very laid back i imagine when i'm recording this episode normally i record this in extremely professional conditions i wear a suit and tie um and uh you know i'm i'm fully professional in my appearance but in this particular one because it's like summer and it's hot i'm just lying back uh in a in a nice kind of deck chair um, and it's very comfortable indeed. So, um, recently on <laughs> on Facebook, on Facebook, recently I asked my followers, and they are my followers because, of course, they follow me. Actually, I think on Facebook they're not followers; they're like what they're are likers. They? they're likers. You can follow on Facebook, but you can also like. Yeah, like I, I, friends. You like you can you can follow you your can friends. be your friend with them, but you can also follow them. I don't know what the difference is. You can follow is. people who are not your friends on Facebook. Oh, okay. Because they've tried to make it like Twitter, oh, where you can sense, now yeah. follow each other and you, you get you, access to their to certain things right, they but post. You don't, that makes sense. Um, but you don't get access to their full status, their full profile, and so all that the stuff. So Twi- the Facebook people are your likers. I suppose so. They the they that like apparently you. they like me. Um, so I've got nearly 10,000 likes now on my Facebook page. Congratulations. It's all right. Yeah, but, you know... It's, it's all not, right? Oh, no, it's great. It's brilliant. But I look around at some of my peers and my competitors who have, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes, and I think, how... How how the hell do they... How do they get all those likes? Well, how they do you get, get it by being good. You're not that good. 
<laughs> well, I think uh, I think we can all agree that that's uh, that's bollocks. <laughs> the way you get well, more maybe. likes is by people listening to this, sharing the page with their friends, and saying, "Hey, there's this great English podcast called Luke's English Podcast." Uh, and uh, you should like the page and listen to the podcast. So that's it. Is it like word of mouth that people just tell each other that, about? I, I have a feeling that pretty much everything in life is word of mouth. Some sort of marketing helps, but restaurants, stuff, it just is word of mouth. What about things that are written down? Is that word of mouth as well? Like emails, letters, postcards? Does that count as word of, word of mouth too, Paul? Uh, word of brain, I guess. Word, word of hand. Word of hand. Hand, yeah. Anyway. Just being pedantic. Um, so anyway, um, it, tell your friends about Luke's English Podcast. And if you don't like the Facebook page already, then check it out. You can find it, guess where, on Facebook. Just search for Luke's English Podcast and you'll find it. And in fact, what I've recently been doing is uploading something onto there every day. Extra stuff that you don't get on the podcast and that you don't find on the website. But exclusive content. For the Facebook Well, that's a reason to follow you on Facebook. You had a good one today. Find the joke. Yeah. Uh, It was a picture um, for some application on a computer and where you can choose the language. And they had, like, you know, all these different languages. And then there were two versions of English. One with a British flag, which said English traditional. And then one with an American flag, and it said English simplified. (laughs) It's because they don't know how to pronounce vowels, as we talked about. Yeah. They, don't, I mean, they, they just pronounce it in a very different way. I posted the, okay. the thing up there, and everyone obviously noticed the joke. But then I felt obliged. Well, did I feel obliged? I didn't feel obliged to say it, but I just did it anyway because I think it's true. that I don't really think that American English is a simplified version of British English, or that British English is somehow more old-fashioned than American English. I don't think so, because American English arrived, what, two, three hundred years ago? And um, so it's just as traditional. It's just as old-fashioned. What as happened British to the hundred years before that? They just weren't speaking anything. Well, they were just grunting, going. Yeah. Ugh! I don't know. I think. <laughs> I, I guess the the um, the the the, the version of because the country's came, been around for like four hundred years. Well, it got its independence when four hundred and something years ago. Four hundred and fifty. Seventeen something. I don't know. All right. How about anyway? All right. Anyway. Um, Let's 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 not reveal our ignorance over American independence. Although I have proven on the podcast before that I am something of an expert on American culture. I'm not really. <laughs> um, so, what was I talking about, Paul? I was saying the reason that we're here. We ha- this is a long ass introduction. Tell me about it. Okay, so we need to get down to business now. Recently on Facebook, I asked my followers or likers to send me some fixed expressions, and by fixed expressions, I'm talking about things like phrases, idioms. Or, in fact, just individual words that they like or that they think are worth learning. I thought I'll probably get, you know, 15, 20 expressions or something With like that. With 10,000 likes, you get more than that. I'm underestimating the, the, the sphere of influence I have in the world. But anyway, um, the idea was that I'd, I'd just gather a, a few phrases that I could then, you know, feature on the podcast and, you know, a good way of generating content. I thought I'd get about 20 or something. I ended up with over 200 phrases. Mate. Um, and they're good. They're good ones too. Yeah. They're, they're ones that I I think are worth teaching and, and worth knowing. Um, the idea two hundred in one episode. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll explain that in a moment. We'll get through one at this rate. <laughs> I know. I'm lucky to even get to the first one. The idea was that I would do an episode with these phrases, but obviously I underestimated the number of responses that I would get. And now I have a huge database. It's nice to call it a database. A database. It's a list. 
but I'm calling it a database. Okay? Um, now I have a huge database of nice, chunky, and rather British fixed expressions, which I can deal with in episodes of this podcast. Um, and I've vetted the list. I've vetted the list, Paul. Yeah, like, he, like you're some sort of doctor that gives health to animals. I vetted well, the list. I don't know. I don't know if that's what the word means. Well, I mean, I d- obviously, we know what a vet is. It's like an animal doctor. But if you vet something... It tends to be that you go through it and you, you kind of select only the best or you'll remove some of the bad things from that list, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's what I've done. I've vetted the list. I've, I've been selective. I've, ch- I've taken out some of the expressions that I don't really fancy teaching for, for one reason or another. I've cast an eye over the list, Paul. You've cast an eye I've over cast the list. A, I've, I've, had, I've had a look at the list. You've taken an eye from somewhere and, and cast it over. And I've just cast over. it over the list. <laughs> don't ask me why I did that. But um, I've had a good long look at the list, okay? And uh, I kind of got rid of the ones that I didn't really think were any good. I've used my professional opinion, um, my linguistic acumen, if you will, to um, determine which things were worth teaching and which ones weren't. And I've I've, uh, reduced the list to about 200 things, okay? Um, So... So all of these items in this list have been given the Luke's English Podcast seal of approval, uh, meaning that they're all expressions which are perfectly valid and that you should know. Okay? So um, what's a fixed expression? Well, basically... Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that term. Yeah, you've never heard that term? I, I've normally heard, like, idiomatic expression. Right. But I've never heard of the term fixed. Well, I want it to be more general than just an idiomatic expression, because okay. it, it, obviously an idiom is like a phrase that has a meaning that's different to the literal, literal meaning, meaning of those words. Yeah. And a lot of these are idiomatic, but also there are some things here which, which are just phrases where, you know, the... The, those words are always used in that phrase, in that particular combination. And I see, okay. Fixed, a fixed series of words or a fixed structure, for lexical structure, um, which um, it, it may be hard to understand unless you get a f- proper explanation of it, all right? These are things that I think most Brit- British native speakers know. Um, so, yeah, most of them are probably idioms, but there are just a few other sort of collocations and things like that thrown in there, too, for good measure. I'll give you a disclaimer that my knowledge of yeah. fixed expressions in English is okay, yeah. but it's not amazing. Uh, yeah. This is one of the challenges uh, I've had uh, growing up in different places and speaking different languages. Is some, Sometimes people will say something to me, and I will have no idea what, what that phrase means. But I'll go, I'll, because it's in a phrase mm. or in a sentence, I'll get the general yeah. uh, idea of the sentence. So I won't ask, oh, what does that mean? Because then I look like an idiot. Um, I'm sure that that's... So we'll, we'll see how we go. I, I might not be the best... Uh, well, we will see, Paul. Yeah. Don't worry, I've done this before. I'm an English teacher. We can relax. All right, I'm relaxing. Right. No, it's quite interesting that you say that because I'm sure that that experience um, is shared by many of my listeners, that they hear certain phrases or whatever and, and they don't know what they mean mm. but they, they have to sort of instantly work them out from context or try and guess or at least bluff their way through like having a conversation with someone and you don't really understand what they're talking about but you can't admit that you don't know what they're talking about For, let's have an example of this Paul okay I'm going to talk to you I'm going to just, just make up some phrases that no one knows and then you'll have to try and uh, uh, stumble your way through okay alright let's do this so on the way over here um, I had I walked past this woman, and honestly, she was a she was a, she was a right bag vendor. <laughs> she really was absolute bag vendor, and I thought, oh my god, look at her! 
Wow. What did like what like what made her the bag vendor? Like what was it about? Well, her? you know, all the usual things, Paul. Yeah? Like what? Um like the fact that she was just um she was just um she was like singing she was like, uh, oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> You've got 200 real no, no, phrases, no, and up. now you're making I'm some making up. I'm making stuff up that's never been <laughs> we heard. We still haven't got to Yeah, she was a right bag vendor. Honestly, she was, uh, she was weaving an inside cut all the way around the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, no one knows what these phrases mean because they don't what mean do anything. Think? An inside I've just, cut. I've just that made could be something that somebody would say to me, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know what you mean. Weaving an inside cut. I thought being a tailor, Paul Taylor, that you'd understand that one. It sounds like a tailor's expression. <laughs> it should weaving. be, shouldn't it? Weaving an inside cut. Anyway, those two things, a bag vendor and weaving an inside cut, they don't, they're not expressions. So that's maybe slightly, uh, 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 what's the word for it? When um, it's unproductive. Anyway, it's just a, a waste of time to make up expressions. Yeah, when you've list- got 200... 200- I've real got ones. around 200 real ones that my listeners uh, really would would like to know. So anyway, we so know what's what a, the plan. We uh, know what a fixed expression is, right? Um, so um, the plan is that I've invited you, Paul Taylor, to my place. Amber wasn't available, so I had to invite you instead. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I would have had you both. And we're going to do an exercise to help my listeners to learn these phrases and to give them some listening practice. Okay, Paul? Sounds great. So what we'll do is this. Uh, first of all, I will explain a phrase to you, Paul. It's going to be a sort of game between me and Paul, but my listeners can get involved too. We will start in this way. I will first explain a phrase to Paul without using, any, without using the phrase itself. So I'll just explain what the, the phrase means and when we use it. Um, and the idea is that Paul then has to guess which phrase it is. Uh, but my listeners out there in podcast land, the Lepsters, the, the Pleppers, the uh, Leprechauns, the Leponese people of uh, Lep- Lepronia, um, you, can, you can get involved in this too. Um, because what you can do is just um, listen very carefully and see if you can guess which, um, see if you can guess which f- uh, phrases I'm explaining. Okay? See if you can beat Paul Taylor um, and actually hear the phrases uh, before, uh, and actually identify the phrases before he does. Can you do that? Um, do you get the idea, Paul? Yeah, I, so I, I have to, you're going to tell me the phrase, or you're going you're gonna to Ex- try and explain the phrase without yeah. telling me what the actual real phrase is, yes. and I have to guess what the actual phrase is. Yes, exactly. And then once you've got it, then we'll sort of have a bit of a chat about that phrase, we'll discuss some things about it, All right. and that'll just kind of give us a chance to explain the phrase a little bit more, and my listeners will get, you know, the full three-dimensional picture of what the phrase means and how it's actually used. That sounds like great. That. Okay? All right, so we're, we're 25 minutes into the episode now, which is... Again, a stupidly long introduction, it's but ridiculous, isn't this it? is Luke's English podcast, and I like to do it my way here. It's my way or the highway. That's a real phrase. Yeah, it is. My way or the highway. I wonder whether. No, we're not going to do that yeah. one because it's not on your list. Let's okay. Go. So, are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Okay, let's start with the first one. So, this is an expression for a person in a, a, in a group who has a negative effect on the rest of the group. An asshole. Nope. Nope. Uh, um, he's uh, yeah, a he, Debbie Downer. What a party pooper! A party pooper is, is good, but it's not a party. It could be maybe in a in a in a work uh, team. You've got one member of the team who is sort of uh, a bad influence on the others, uh, or just a bad person. Uh, he's a bit of a. Mm-mm. He's a bit of a an idiot. He's a bit of a. Give me a clue, man. So I I'll give you a clues. clue. It's related to food. It's a t- it's a type of it's related to a type of food that chickens produce. He's a he's an egg, a rotten egg. Uh, no, just a bad egg. A bad egg. Yeah. 
Yes. See, that's one. Yes, that I- Paul. Yes. <laughs> yes, Paul. A bad egg. Oh my god! I'm sure that some of my listeners have got better vocab than you do. Probably, yeah. I, all right, he's a bad egg. It's a bad egg. You've never heard that before. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Not in relation to a person. You heard a rotten egg. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I, bad, I egg. bad egg. Right. It's a bit of a bad egg. For example, like a bad person. Okay. Uh, have you now? You used to work um, for a, a well-known company, and you used to do training, right? Yes. Do you ever have like sort of a bad egg in a training group? Oh yeah, work? quite a lot. Yeah. There'd be a... There's always one bad egg. There's always one guy who wants to answer every question you ask. That's, is that bad? Yeah, because that's not how people learn. People learn, uh, adults learn by, by doing and by contributing and by sharing their experiences. And if there's one guy and is answering all the questions, other people aren't learning. Whereas you have to try and pull out the information right. uh, from people. And so I'd be asking, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, let me think of a, a quick thing. Like, oh, you know, what, what are some great questions to ask when you're, you know, delivering a, a workshop mm-hmm. in front of people? And then some guy would put his hand up and he'd just reel off everything that he knew. It's like a, right. yeah. So he was a bad egg. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've had, I've had groups where um, uh, you get one member of the group who doesn't like what's happening and they infect all the other members of the group. And then they, and then they're all, they've all been like brainwashed by this one person yep. who's just not a very nice person in the first place. And it would be all right if they weren't there. And so that's like, you know, a bad egg. Now, to help my listeners remember this, you can just think of an egg, like a really horrible egg. Imagine it in a room with lots of people and that egg makes the room stink. So it's a bad egg. See? Okay. That works, yeah. Right, here comes the next one. All right. Let's see if you can do better than this. I expect <clears throat> some of my listeners got that one and you didn't, Paul. So right. come on. Yeah, you guys need to uh, write in the comments here uh, who got the answer before I did, yeah. uh, if, if I'm honest. If uh, you got the answer before Paul did, then well done. You're like a, you get a gold star. Yeah, just type in which, which phrase you got before me, uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing how good all your English is. And if your English is that good, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Of course they should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm only joking. Right, go, next phrase. Okay, this one is an investment which, which brings in a reliable source of steady income. Something that just keeps bringing the money in. Bring in the bacon? Bring home the bacon? No, not not bringing in the money, but the thing that brings the money in. And it's a kind of animal that you might find on a farm. Uh, uh, A cow? Yes. A cow, cow? What kind uh, of cow? A golden cow? Cash cow. Cash cow. There we go. <laughs> you knew. You know that one, right? <laughs> I did know. I know that, yeah. Uh, that's uh, um, a, golden a, a great cow. example of that was uh, when I uh, uh, used to work at Apple. Um, people would say that the iPhone was a cash cow. Why is the iPhone a cash cow? The iPhone's a cash cow because it, it keeps bringing in money because people keep buying it because right. it's, a, it's a good product. Right. Uh, another way that I heard a cash cow being used was, um, uh, for those of you who are who are into comedy and English-speaking comedy, Ricky Gervais yes. uh, created a show called The Office, right. which was a UK show. It got transported over to the US uh, and it went for many, many seasons. And when they decided to cancel it, um, Ricky Gervais said, oh, uh, thanks for killing the the cash cow right so thanks for killing the show that's bringing me so much money brilliant example paul i think you've made up for the fact that you didn't understand you didn't know what a bad egg was <laughs> you've just made up for it by giving it a good example of a cash cow so yeah exactly like for example if you have an apartment which you rent out um uh, and it brings in some cash every month that's your cash cow i've got a, a flat in london yeah and i rent it out and it's a little cash cow for me it generates a little bit of cash um you talked about Apple's cash cow. I think that's good. I was, I was going to ask you about an investment, right? Imagine if you had £50,000. Yep. 50000 50000 Just 50000 If you had £50,000 to invest, what would you invest in? 
that's a great question. Fifty thousand isn't a lot of money. It's not that much, really. To invest in something like I'd probably just spend it. Uh, what would I invest fifty thousand well, pounds in? You, you see, you mustn't just fritter it away. No, fritter to fritter something away. You should like spend it carelessly, and all before you know it, all the money's gone. Don't fritter it away, Paul. You got to invest it. Like you got to make a smart investment. You need a you need a cash cow. I would probably invest it in. Uh, yeah, I've got no idea. I haven't thought about it. It's, a, no, it's really? a difficult question to think about. iPhones. No, I wouldn't. Just I, buy a bunch of iPhones. They're a cash cow. You said it yourself. Yeah, but if I'm buying them full price and I'm selling them at full price, like I'm not making any money, am I? Why would I just buy a, a fifty thousand pounds worth of iPhones? Is there a chance that in the future Apple products will be considered like antique? And Their vintage? first one, yeah. Well, the first one, first iPhone came out eight years ago yesterday, right? And I've got the first one, so I'm keeping it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know what I'd invest it in. That's the. I think you should invest it in Luke's English Podcast Incorporated, the uh, the new uh, limited liability company, which LEP is be, Inc. Yeah, which is going to be floated on the stock exchange. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll invest in your stocks once you do that. Watch out, because when you buy the stocks, I'm sure that the share price will soar. Uh, yeah, there we go. Back to the... There we go. Rapidly. Okay, so um, here's the next phrase. And um, Okay, if you're talking about two things where uh, there's, a, there's a very sort of... Uh, oh, God. Okay, I'm going to explain Two this. heads are better than one. No, no. Um, okay, there's a, there's a very subtle or small difference between two rather distinctly different things in fact right so you know typically we we use this expression when we're talking about the 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 fact that um being a genius and being a a mad person they're quite close oh um yeah uh you know albert einstein was famously uh, uh, a genius uh, but he was also uh, a bit mad so there's a fine line yes pow there's a what there's a fine line between those two. There's a fine line between genius and madness. Yeah. There's a fine line between yeah. genius and madness. In, in, in our comedy world, you could say there's a fine line between being funny and being... Uh, um, really offensive. Offensive, yes. So if you have a very offensive joke about something uh, that happened maybe in World War Two or something, uh, mm. there's a fine line between making that funny and it being very offensive to a certain population. Right, and it's about riding that line, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. You've got to walk that line. You've got to walk the line. Yeah, like yep. that movie, that movie about Johnny Cash. Yes, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Ah, I've had Joaquin Phoenix on this podcast. Not literally. I haven't actually had him in any sense of the expression <laughs> on the podcast, but I've featured him in an episode uh, many so, years ago. Vowel sounds. We we're talking about vowel sounds. Yes. Um, so French people also have very different vowel sounds to English. Yes. And uh, my girlfriend, when we first met, um, she was reading an article in one of those... Magazines? Magazines about famous people. Right. And she was reading me an article. She was like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix has stopped being an actor. Right. I was like, oh, okay, well, tell me more. So she was reading the article, and uh, she said to me, uh, she was reading it out, and the, the first sentence was, uh, Joaquin Phoenix has stopped being uh, an actor to become a raper. <laughs> Which what she meant was, uh, is, uh, is uh, he's been stopped an actor to become a rapper. Right. Uh, because he started doing music for, for a little while. Mm. And... Uh, uh, that was just a, a very... Uh, you got to get the vowel sounds right when you're speaking English because otherwise you will say raper instead of rapper. Right. Um, and so uh, there's a fine line there uh, between getting it right and getting it wrong. Yes, that's right. I've got a friend who's an English teacher and he does... My listeners know all about him because he's been on the podcast. His name's Jason Levine, a.k.a. Fluency MC. Fluency MC. Yeah. I love and it. he does uh, like uh, hip-hop rapping 
and English teaching. So he's, he does rapping in the classroom. Wow, that's a good gets, way of learning. Gets his students to, to rap as well. And um, so, um, so apparently he gets that all the time on Facebook and stuff like that. People commenting, I love watching you rape. You know, I love watching, hearing you raping with your students. <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa there. I'm not sure we're rapping. talking about two the same peas, thing. Two peas, two oh. peas. Don't forget. Yeah. So um, there's a fine line there. Okay. What's the next one? Right, so a fine, we, we have good. a fine line between madness and genius, for example. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. Um, okay. <laughs> All right, this is something that's like a very quick and sudden success, but it's a success that doesn't last. Last. Not laugh. Uh, it's right. a, a very quick and sudden success that doesn't last. Oh, goodness me. Uh, so to be a... <laughs> to be a one-hit wonder. That's good. That, like in pop music, you know, have a, one, a one-hit wonder. Someone who has a one-hit record and then they're, then they're forgotten after that. It's a bit like that. But it's a, it's, it's a cooking metaphor. Uh, Imagine you're, you're cooking something with oil... And yeah. the temperature is very high. Yeah. And, and you want to maybe flambe <laughs> the, the food. And so what happens is like suddenly the, 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 uh, the contents of the pan <laughs> catches fire. A flash in the pan. A fla- I've never heard that expression. Oh, Paul Taylor. Never heard of it. Oh, why are you, why are you on my podcast? I, this is a lot. Look, let me take one from you because I, I reckon this is a lot more difficult right, than you're right, making right, it right. seem. It's not. It's not at all. I think it is. No, it's not. It's just let me you try don't one. know let English. Me, let me prove to you that it's harder than it seems. <laughs> okay, then. We'll come back to a flash in the pan because it's it's a worthwhile expression. All right, so let me find one that's a bit further down that you haven't okay. uh, necessarily I'm, I'm gone through. I'm so ready. Okay. Um, uh, so, right, hit, let's find one here. Wow, okay. Um, let's see if you can actually explain it, listeners. Yeah, well, I'm going to see if I can explain it because <laughs> a lot of these I actually don't know. All right. Um, all right, when, uh, when you do something yes. and you completely mess it up, Oh, it's a cock-up. Yeah, yeah, but you've seen this list. Yeah, I've so seen the list already. Yeah, that doesn't work, does it? It's a right cock-up. You've ballsed it up. It's you've gone pear-shaped. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot for that one. Yeah, to mess something up. I'll have to, I'll, I'm, I'm going to come up with a phrase in my head in a second, okay. and I'll, I'll try and teach you it. I was hoping to go through about 20 of these things. Yeah, all right. I think we've gone through about four so yeah, far. Yeah, flash in the pan. A Never flash, heard of a it. A flash in the pan. Well, basically, it's a very brief success. Now, the reason why that you haven't, maybe you haven't heard of some of these phrases before is, as you said, in the podcast previously, you spent a lot of time moving around as a child. Yeah, you had a very difficult childhood. I wouldn't say difficult. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, yes, was it was move- movemented. That's that's a French word. Mouvementé. Uh, it was. Uh, it was uh, up no- and down. Nomadic. Yeah, a little bit. So my English vocabulary isn't actually that great uh, w- with expressions. What you are particularly good at, though, is um, the sounds. Like the the accents and copying accents, yes. and you're very good at adopting different accents. Yeah, you should be my go-to guy for accents, Paul, because clearly you don't know any words. No, but this is fun because then people will guess all of these before me, and they'll yeah. think that they're really good at yeah, English exactly, yeah. when they're actually not. It does actually show <laughs> that it's not all about knowing all the words. Because I've met students before who know just reams and reams of idioms. They know yeah. loads of them. And they're just like an idioms machine. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's raining cats and dogs today, and I'm dog tired, and, uh, you know, I, I could eat a horse. It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 slow down. But they say it with the worst. Here, here's yeah. the thing. If you're, if you're, if you're learning English, uh, folks, um, the best way to get people to convince you that you speak a good language, whether it's English or any other language, is having the accent. Because 
I when I for example when I speak Spanish I have a very convincing accent. Can you give us a little bit of Spanish? Uh, I can do. Speak yeah. Speak to us in Spanish a little bit. Uh, hola, me llamo Paul. Soy inglés. Uh, vivo en Francia desde hace seis años y me gusta mucho el país. Me gusta la comida. Me gusta todo y está muy bien. And okay. uh, when I say that to Spanish people. They they look at me and they go, oh my god, your Spanish is amazing. It's, really, it's the best I've ever heard an English person speak Spanish. The problem is my Spanish isn't actually that good. I'm just good at doing the accent. Right. I mean, I can speak good enough Spanish to to you know to have a conversation in a bar. Really, but yeah, but it sounded pretty good. It, it does, right? And so that's the thing. Like, imagine somebody will, like that's the thing. Like, people can speak really, really great English mm. with the most amazing vocabulary in the world, better than I do. But mm-hmm. they sound like this when they speak, uh, hello, uh, it is raining cats and dogs. And, and instantly, English people will go, he's oh. foreign. He, he, he's foreign. What's, what's he doing in our country? He's stealing all our jobs <laughs> and taking away all our women. Uh, but that's the thing. Like you, the, the, An accent, uh, when you're learning a language, if you get the accent right, it gives you about 50% more... Credibility. Credibility as a mm. speaker of that language. So, mm. I mean, when people hear me speak in English, they go, he's fully English. I've got nothing else to say about him apart from the fact that he's English. But well, as we I'm found sure out... people could think of some other things to say about you. <laughs> but my English isn't actually uh, that good in terms of expressions. Keep going, though. This is fun. Okay, Because okay. I'm learning stuff as well. Yeah. How good is it that your guest is, ho- is learning oh stuff? Oh, my God. So flash in the pan means a quick success. All right. Okay, then. A flash in the pan. For example, you know, when the Beatles first, start- first started, everyone thought it was- they were just going to be a flash in the pan. But right. in the end, they were like a forest fire of success. Yeah. That's that's not a, an expression of forest just, fire. Uh, I've just made that one up. Um, so they, yeah, there you go. Would you rather, Paul? Would you rather be a flash in the pan, yeah. which means that you make loads of money, you get like you know sudden instant success, you make loads of money, then you disappear from fame and you become anonymous. So you can either be that, or you become a long-lasting success, someone who's you know considered to be a big success for long term and yet someone who's constantly in the public eye and you don't get your own sense of privacy anymore which one do you want instant success make it make it rich but then no one knows who you are after three years or make it rich and long-lasting success but you don't have a private life anymore which one do you want uh i i'd never thought about it actually but that first one sounds pretty good that if you make enough money that you can kind of retire and not have to work Mm. and then you know you just sit hang around and and be on a beach you know with the people you want to be or whatever yeah, then just let one of your legs get really sunburned yeah, while exactly. the other one stays white exactly you can do whatever you want yeah i, I think that would be uh that would be cool um i think i'd probably get bored of it after a while though maybe you know if it was because yeah, really? i'm doing comedy now i think if i was to do comedy and something you know i, was, I, I became a flash in the pan mm. um and i and i did something that was funny and it didn't last then i might get bored after a while if you just did like one bit like the bit about going to Starbucks and them getting your name wrong, yep. which makes you a huge success internationally. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, I can understand <laughs> where I am from. We also have this problem with Starbucks. That's I don't a know good where Russian that Russian accent is. That like, Russian? Sounded very I don't know if that was Russian. supposed to be Russian. You can just decide who that was, listeners. Um, and then after that, you're, you're just, for four years, you're known as, hey, it's Paul from the Starbucks. Uh, yeah. And, um, and then after that, and you know, you go to Starbucks. You know, for four years, you go to Starbucks, and they're like, "Hey, it's you! Uh, you, the crazy pole guy!" And then, f- after five years, you go to Starbucks, and they're like, uh, "What's your name?" 
Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I don't know what where this. It, what are we doing? I don't know where this Starbucks is that I'm doing this impression of. Yeah, I don't know. What would you rather do? Um, would um, you rather have instant success, ooh, ooh. or would you? No, I want. I want the proper, long-lasting success. I want to. I want to make a difference to the world, Paul. That I do as well. You know, I I'd, I would have like a, a bed in for peace, like John Lennon did. I'd be doing huge charity telethons. You know what I thought about the other day, and this is my new dream. I, I just I just had a dream very recently, which is to become a successful stand-up comedian. Hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but once that does happen, I thought I would love to do a show. I would love to learn sign language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great like beginning <laughs> to your dream. I'd love to learn sign language, and, and then what are you going to do with it? And then this do a stand-up really comedy show. In sign language. In sign language for deaf people, yeah, because I just realised yeah. that like, deaf people can't really go to a show, like to yeah. a theatre show or a comedy show, and yeah. underst- unless they're very good at lip-reading. Um, but you could be far away, and you can't really see the person. Right. Um, and I thought it would be, one, so that it would like you can get the deaf community out to to a show that they can watch but yeah. then also I think it would be a really interesting challenge as a comedian to if you're learning you know if you speak you, to because to, uh, you, you normally yeah um, <laughs> you normally can speak better than this if you're <laughs> if you're on stage and it's more fluid I'm definitely not DJ fluid or rapper fluid or whatever it was <laughs> fluency MC <laughs> but um, your version of fluency MC would be if you if uh, you <laughs> <laughs> If um, if you, you uh, <laughs> that's why I want to learn sign language because I can't speak properly. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I'd want to do it because it would be a challenge. Because as a comedian, you're. Uh, <laughs> I've forgotten the word. What's the word? You react to laughter. Okay. When when the crowd are laughing, yeah. you feel great and you hear the noise mm. and that's what that's what you know makes you really excited and that's mm. what but you don't have that if it's deaf people you'd probably see them laughing uh, well they deaf people would would make noise when they laugh they would no? uh, yeah i guess so it depends how how deaf they are like if they were born deaf then probably not but if they if they became deaf then yeah but i think it would be a really interesting challenge to to have to respond to mm. you know because if they you know applause breaks happen in comedy when you're very very funny people stop and they applause yeah. but you know in 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 sign language applause is like two hands in the air waving oh you actually visual you visual, visual applause. applause yeah that's what applauding is like oh, uh, really? when you're when you're doing sign language um and i know there's i know there's famous comedians that have had shows where they've had a sign language interpreter yeah i was going to say that you could do your show and have like a person there on the side of the stage doing all of the kung fu moves or yeah that would be cool I say, I, I say kung fu moves obviously it's it's, it's proper sign um, language. i'm just being facetious but uh flippant yeah i'd like to do it myself like i'd like to learn and do a show myself in sign language yeah, at some stage so that'd be brilliant that's my second goal once once i've actually found out that i'm funny first of all i've got to learn english yeah. Second of all, I've got to try and make people laugh in English. And third of all, that's when I can try and maybe make people laugh in sign language. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway. There's probably going to be someone now who writes in saying, oh, you can't say second of all and third of all. Mm. I did that once. I was listening to stuff on the podcast. I, was like, I said, first of all, blah, 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 blah. Second of all, blah, 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 blah. And I kept going. Someone wrote, you can't, according to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know, whatever you can't say, second of all. So how do you say it then? Second, you say second, secondly, or just second. second. But I, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, it's not going to bring down Western civilization, is it? If you say second of all, that guy sounds like a bad egg. And anyway, it's yeah, yes. <laughs> He's learnt the phrase, ladies and gentlemen. He learnt it. Whoop, whoop. A bit of a bad egg. I would, I would, I would throw in a little bit of a before, just instead of going straight out. 
just you know instead of just uh, going st- jumping it's straight too in too English it's too English you've got to be more direct egg. he's a bad egg we you've got discovered to be like, through a oh, podcast I think that he's we did. A, a bit of a bad egg we need to be more direct Luke that's the problem with English he's people he's a fucking beep anyway um, so we've had a flash in the pan there okay. alright next right you're definitely going to know this one this is something that's really irritating or annoying something that's really inconvenient in your life it's such a <laughs> pain in the Oh, pain in the neck. Yes. I was going to say the rude one, which is a pain in the ass, Or pain in the ass, But a pain in the neck. Pain in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, obviously, something that's probably... Tell you what is a pain in the neck. What's that? When you're deaf and you go to a comedy show and there's no like, sign language interpreter. Yeah. And that got, would be a pain in the neck. And you've got a bad seat and you have to, like, crane your neck around. Yeah. And after an hour, it's like, oh, this is literally a pain. Literally and idiomatically a yeah, pain we very, in the neck. We very show. rarely use that phrase, literally. When the, but there's times when you could use it literally. Like you know, like example, if you're at the cinema and you've got a really bad seat at the cinema, like at the very front and you're watching a, a big screen, at the end you could say that, was, that film was a pain in the neck, yeah. literally. But we don't ever use it that way. Yeah, or like uh, this um, glandular inflammation is a real pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a pain in the neck, fine. Um, I'm not that bad. No, no, no. I am. What? Cause at you, this. No, you're, you're but I think okay. this is this is this will be more fun for people to re- hear me struggle than me just get them straight yeah. away. I did an episode a um, long time ago with my brother, and it was like a grammar test with my brother. Yeah, he didn't have a clue. <laughs> let's see, for example, Paul, if you can. All right. No, I won't. I don't know anything about right, English let's, language. Let's see. Let's see. <clears throat> can you tell me the difference between uh, the present perfect and the past simple tenses? <laughs> Very common question. Right. Pre- the, the, so what is it? The past what? Present perfect and past simple. What's the difference? <coughs> uh, teacher, teacher, please explain me difference. All right. Present perfect, past simple. Past I simple. Who, which accent that is? Past by the simple, way. I would say I had. What? Had what? I don't know. I had whatever. It doesn't matter. I no, had it a, does matter. Okay. You have to finish that phrase. All right. I had a cup of tea. Okay. Past. Yes, that's past simple. Past simple. Yes. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have used the verb had, though, because right. it could be confused with I the auxiliary I ate a verb. cup of tea. What? You ate a cup of tea? I ate a slice of toast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I ate a slice of toast is past simple? Yes. What? Is that what it's called in yes. English? Yes, that's right. What's the other one? Present perfect. Present present perfect. They don't have it in uh, French. Um, I ha- so I ate a, a slice of toast, so I am eating a slice of no, toast. No, that's present continuous. Okay. I... No, that's the imperfect I was eating. Uh, that's past continuous. You don't have imperfect? No. Well, Every, that's past continuous. P- everything's perfect in English. Okay, so I... It's either a simple or perfect. Present perfect. Is that a past tense or a present tense? Ooh. Ooh. It Ooh. sounds like a past it's tense. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, Okay, really. so both present I and past. present tense. So I was eating, so I ate... I ate slight toast. I have eaten. I have eaten. Okay, I have I've eaten, eaten a slice of, of toast. I've eaten nineteen slices of toast already right. this morning. Yeah, and what's the French people have a huge? That, did that guy just fall off his ladder? Yeah, I think it was his way of saying hello. How are you? Okay. After we said, um, "Are you all right?" No response. Um, French people have a hard time with those two. Yes, definitely they a, do. A and huge, a huge problem. Not just the French, but many, many people from different countries yeah. have problems with like, you know, I ate a slice of toast and I have eaten a yeah. slice of toast. They usually say I have eaten, but we rarely say that. Like the only time I, I've used the present, is it present perfect? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Is like when people say, oh, have you been to France? Oh, so like, life experiences. Yeah, like I have, yeah, I have been to France. That's not the only time. It's not, but I, it's the only conscious time that I use it. You're using it a lot. 
more than that unconsciously. I, I, I'm Honestly, sure I am. you are. Uh, the thing that French people can't just cannot deal with, no matter how hard I try, is I've been doing something for blah 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 amount of time. Yeah. And what you always what get with saying? French is I am doing something since and then a Oh uh, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Or I am doing something during for example, I am studying English during ten years. Oh that's that's very terrible. Awful English. Like I've not <laughs> I've not heard I've not heard that as much. Obviously you've got more experience teaching French people than I do. Well the thing is that the with present perfect continuous like that you're talking about, you know, something you started in the past and you're still doing. And you're talking about the duration of time you've been doing it. So you've got to get not only the time expression right, but the tense right as well. Yeah. So, there's, so the thing is in French that they would say, I am living here or I live here. Just a simple present tense. Yeah, I live here since. Since and then, yeah. and then a time expression. And I understand that, that the present simple tense is, is one thing and then it's contextualized with the time expression mm. and then you understand but the thing is in english you've got to get the tense right and the time expression right you don't let the time expression do all the work for the sentence that they both perform the function <laughs> me. at the same time <laughs> i really know what i'm talking about you've yeah. got no idea how much i know here's the thing exactly i know i know i know about. how to speak english i don't i wouldn't be able to teach it. i could teach french and spanish because mm. i learned yeah. french and spanish yeah. but when i learned english it was just it was you know i didn't get taught english well the th- yeah, the thing is that, like, imagine, I mean, you speak English already, you know, like a native. Yeah. Even though you don't know any fixed expressions. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do, you do. Um, and and those grammar rules and stuff confuse you, right? You know, when I'm saying things like you've got to get the time expression right and the, the verb yeah, tense the is going to be right. Yeah, the terms confuse me, but I get the, the, yeah. the concept, like, but, cause, because of the, the, the French and the Spanish that I've picked up. But, but it, it is pretty abstract and difficult to, to get a grip on. Mm. Uh, imagine what it's like when you're learning that language and also having to deal with the grammar explanations at the same time. I can't time. even, I can't even, th- this is, really uh, Sebastian, hard. one of our, the, our friends who does comedy has a, has a, has we a know joke. S- we know Sebastian on this podcast. Oh, of course you do, yeah, he did, you had a cup of tea with Sebastian. Yeah, and and and, and, and a, a, another conversation in which we drank rum. Oh, anyway, that sounds like a good. It was great. Good podcast. It was good, good podcast. Uh, I didn't hear that one. Anyway, he does a joke uh, in his show where he s- talks about learning French is really complicated. Yeah, and he talks about learning English is like a piece of cake. It's yeah. like a it's like child's play because it's like I go, you go. We go. We like they go. He, he goes. Oh, that's Ooh, really difficult. That's a tricky one. But it's actually really difficult. English. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Like when when you talk to me about all that stuff and like it, it, it comes naturally, I guess. Obviously, but it's. I remember learning French, and that was that was really difficult for me. Like learning French, I've got a grip on it mostly, but there's some French stuff that I'm just like I don't understand. How, what, like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like the stuff that's p- plural that. I was talking. I was talking the other day to somebody about a funeral. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were t- they were saying it's th- it's like funerals. You can't have one funeral in French. Really, that's a pity. Uh, it's not un funérailles. It's des, funé- that's, des funérailles. That's rather tragic. Isn't yeah. It? So people die here two at a time at least. What, they so don't die on their own. It's dangerous when one person dies. Yeah. It's like bad mul- luck. Multiplies. It's like if you see a magpie, only one. Right. It's bad luck. So yeah. if one French person dies without then. <laughs> 
another so French person. <laughs> it's bad luck when... Are you saying, Paul, <laughs> that it's bad luck when only one French person dies? Yeah, two people died. Yeah. Hey, if fine. all of them died, it would be a celebrate. I'm joking. Uh, I'm jo- joking. Yes, joking. Obviously yeah, joking. 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 French, English, ribbery. Yes. We like to, we like to uh, make fun of each other, the English and the French. If you've ever wondered that, if you've ever heard me on the podcast sort of taking the piss out of the French then that's why because we like you know we're neighbours and we like to take the piss out of each other okay so it's all good it's all fine and we that's love it that's a great expression isn't it take the piss out to of take the piss out of someone like I go inside your urethra yeah. and remove the piss from inside of you yeah I take the why piss out you, of you why would you want to do that remove the urine from inside me I don't know and why why is that similar to making fun of someone I don't know <laughs> It's really weird. Um, anyway, ne- yeah. Let's, so, let's, so, what did we just have? A pain, pain in, in the, the neck. neck. Okay. All right. Let's see if you know this one. So, um, this is someone who is certain to succeed, or someone who is certain to win a competition. Sure bet. Very close to a sure bet. Someone or something that which which we assume will be a success. For example, for an entrance exam to a university, we expect this girl to pass. In fact, it's almost impossible to imagine that she won't qualify for the course. She's a... She's a a sure bet. She's a... Give me a clue. A visual clue. She's a toe. What do you put on your feet? A shoe-in. Yeah, shoe-in. A shoe-in. She's a shoe-in. Yeah? Yeah, you see, like you should see his face right now. His face is making that expression of like, yeah, I know I this, I, but I don't know it. How do I know it and not know it at the same in. time? It's I one thought it was to get a shoe in somewhere, like to well, if you get a shoe in somewhere. Well, yeah, in, that's you like, mean like like to put your foot in the door. Yeah, it's like a foot in that's the door. What that I've, I, that, yeah, no, no, you're thinking of a foot in the door. So, for example, if you get a work experience placement in a company, no, I know that one. You know, you get no. your foot in the door, and then eventually, once you get your name known, you might get a job. Yeah. But a shoe in is someone who's definitely going to succeed. Okay. For example, Good. you know, England in the World Cup, they're a shoe in, aren't they? Yeah, right. Obviously, that's that should be obvious that that's a joke. Um, so a shoe-in is someone, for example, you know, a girl who studies really hard, she gets really good grades, she's definitely going to be uh, admitted to Cambridge University. I mean, she's a shoe-in. Okay. Yeah, okay. She's a shoe-in. What about you? Did you, where did you go to university? I went to university in London. Okay. Uh, Queen, did, uh, Queen Mary. What did you study? I studied French and Hispanic studies. Okay. So that's why I said I could teach you French and Spanish, because I learned it pretty well. Uh, it's been what seven years that I graduated, six years. So I've I've forgotten a lot of the the terms, which is why I said imperfect the earlier. The terms, on. you mean the words? Yeah, the the, the specific words. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. Whereas, uh, yeah, the imperfect tense in in French and Spanish is the was, which was the whatever you called it um, in English. Past. But I've heard imperfect is a is a word that we use in English for is a it? tense. Maybe it's only when we're learning French and Spanish, but we learnt it as the imperfect. Right. In Not Spanish, imperfecto. Yeah, in French, we talk about imparfait, the imparfait. Which is uh, je, like, I was eating. Yeah. Je mangeais. Je mangeais. Oui. Je mangeais quand uh, Paul uh, son... No, no, no. Paul... Uh, oh, fuck. Just revealed what the you, low level of my French. Uh, I, was I, was eat, com- I, I was eating when Paul... When Paul, like, arrived or called me. Uh, I would say... Uh, so combining tenses. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, je mangeais quand Paul est arrivé. Exactly. Which, which is the past. Because I couldn't... Con- Com- I, compound I, past? I d- How do you say that in English? What? The... Past. Oh, we don't have that, do we, in English? 
We've only got the past simple, le passé simple, which is the... Well, yeah. They're like, I ate. Oh, you're talking about the fact they use the verb be to, to conjugate Yeah, well, the because past. in French, the, 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 the French only use the... What was the first thing? You, like, I ate. Je, what is that? Je mangeais. But in English. Oh, I ate. Je, uh, I, ate. I was eating when... No, I, what's just I ate in English? I what's that called? The past... Simple. The past simple. So the French only use the past simple in literary. They never use it spoken. Really? Because it's compound. They use the verb to have in between. So they say, I have eaten. Right. But yeah, as far That's as That's why I, they always make the mistake. Right. As far as I understand the French form, the past simple, as we know it in English, by using have. Uh, <laughs> like, j'ai mangé. Right? Uh, j'ai yeah. mangé? Yeah. Yep. So that's, um, I have eaten. Yeah. But it, it looks like and sounds like I have eaten, but it's used to mean I ate. Correct. But they also have the literary, which is je mangea. Which means Whoa. I ate. Literally, it's, yeah. But it's only you only, only ever. Uh, have you ever heard anyone say to you, "Ce fut un plaisir"? But no, no. All right, because no it, one likes you. No, That's, but and it, also because I just can't identify the words. Anyway, this is Luke's English podcast, yes. not Luke's French yes, podcast. It is. Yes. Let's go. Okay, so we just had a shoe, shoe in. in. Were you, basically, were you a shoe in to to get into university? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. Really? No, not to getting. I was a shoe in. To getting a to degree. Gra- to graduate. Because I already spoke French and Spanish, but okay. and I chose to do French and Spanish at university. Right. So I was a shoo-in. So everyone's like, yeah, he's going to pass, no worries, yeah. he's a shoo-in. Exactly. Okay, then. Um, I always used to think that it was spelled shoe, like S-H-O-E. Oh, like to Literally to get a shoe-in. S-H-U? Like to throw a shoe-in. No, it's S-H-O-O. Oh. Shoe-in. Yeah. Okay. But if you like, if it helps you remember it, you can imagine squeezing a shoe or throwing a shoe through an open space and it's a shoe-in. Mm. Like I thought you meant to like, remember the spelling. Like putting your foot through, the, putting your foot in the door. Yeah. Um, uh, to remember the spelling, you could just imagine you've stepped on poo with your shoe, and but you take the, you mix that together, S- and it's shoe. S H double O. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you like, we had this one before. This is the one that you tested me on. This is a complete mess. When something is completely, when someone messes something up completely. Yeah. For example, they tried to rob the bank, but they forgot to load their guns, and one of them got trapped in the vault, and the other didn't know what to do. They both were recorded by CCTV cameras, and they got arrested. It was a total... Cock-up. Yes, exactly. A cock-up. A cock-up. Which means, you know, a disaster, uh, um, something was completely bungled. It was, it was a cock-up. Yeah, we have a... The, the, they we cocked have... it up. People might think that's a very sexist phrase, that it only applies to, to men and cocks, but uh, we can say that things have gone tits up as well. True. Which is a similar expression, which means things have gone wrong. Like, it's all gone tits up. Yeah. Um, I don't think when we say it was a cock up, I don't think we're talking about the male reproductive reproductive organ. Are we not? I think No, we are. I don't think it's that kind of cock. And that, that's not what I've understood. Really? Because if you say, if you say the F word... I don't know if we're allowed to say it on this. Yeah, we can. A fuck-up. If it was a fuck-up, I would expect it to be a cock-up, like... uh, Right, just just insert a rude word, basically, and and it works. Like, it was an absolute shit-up. No one one says that, by the way. Yeah, it was a balls-up as well. They're coxy, so that's why I thought it was cock. So, a balls-up, a cock-up... Tits-up. No, not a tits-up. No, it's not. It went tits-up. It went tits-up, yeah. So, it went tits-up. It was a fuck-up. It was a cock-up. It was a balls-up. Um... What... What's the? But yeah, cock up. Yeah, I would consider that a rude. Like I wouldn't say that at school, or I wouldn't say that in front of kids. Um, 
but I maybe think, you can. I think it's okay. What, what's it referring to then, the animal? Um, well, I've heard various versions. Like, no one really seems to agree on the origin of this. Uh, but it seems that it doesn't refer to a penis. In fact, it's more likely to refer to a bird, you know, like the male chicken yeah. or other species of bird that are similar to that. Mm. Uh, for example, it, it, during hunting, if you accidentally startled a woodcock during a hunt then that would be a cock up so imagine you're in the forest right and your job is to make the birds fly out of the 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 forest so that the hunters can shoot them like that video game like that video game duck hunt yep um and uh in this case the hunters are shooting woodcock which are like these large brown birds that live in the forest and um you accidentally cause all the woodcocks to fly up into the air too early and they also, you know, that was a cock-up. Yeah, that sounds more plausible. It's mm. good. Maybe. 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 All right, then. So, there we go. A cock-up. What's the biggest cock-up that you've ever... Now, do you make a cock-up or you, do you do a cock-up? Cock-up. Make. Okay, what's the biggest cock-up that you've ever made? Uh, the biggest cock-up I ever made... Uh, I don't know the biggest one I've ever made, but one that comes to mind right now is when I was a kid. Um, I used to really like playing with toy cars like most boys yeah and it's like crashing them and creating like car yeah. crashes with them yeah, yeah. Uh, and i got a hold of i was outside in the in the garden uh, and i got a hold of i think my dad or mum's matches yes uh because i wanted to burn them and create like a, an actual car crash of course you did so i was out in the garden uh and i started lighting up like the cars and yeah. because it was the summer uh, the the grass caught on fire because it was very dry and oh it, it just the whole bush basically which was probably um, a good like 20 meters long oh god um, it was a, it was a, it, like a big bush around a, a garden it caught on fire and all the neighbors had to come with like buckets and hoses oh and like people like eyes were hurting because of the smoke and oh yeah that Jesus. was that was my probably my biggest cock up as a child was that wow that's a pretty good one yeah you nearly burned down the neighborhood yeah exactly <laughs> that's a very good one Okay, here comes the next phrase. Are you ready for this one? It's I just am. a single word. It's oh. just a word that, it's like a British thing, and it means great, brilliant, fantastic. Amazing. It's a very short word. I'll give you a clue. It's Top, tip top. No, it's a three-letter word. Begins with an A, ends in an E. It's got a C in the middle. Ace. Ace, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's well done. Ace. Ace. Ah, wow. oh, it's ace. I don't know Meaning. if anyone says that anymore. Um, really? I think people over, uh, uh, yeah, I think my, like my dad would say that. Yeah. Your dad? Well, he's from the north, so he'd be like, you're all right, that's ace. Okay. That's not his accent, but yeah. So I always used to say ace when I was growing that's up. That's ace, no. I guess people don't say it so much anymore. No, they'd say that's bants now, wouldn't they? They'd say that's bants, meaning good banter. Yeah, which literally means the same thing, like it's ace, it's good, it's bants. Right, okay. I didn't know that one. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, when was the last time you, you said, oh, that was ace? I don't think I've ever said You've it. Never said that. I've said that a lot no. in my life. It's, it's something. What I love about English expressions, same with any language, really, is that mm. depending on where you're from in that country, you'll come up with different phrases. Yeah. Um, very... Especially, especially that. I think. I think that one phrase, like "it's good," is probably the most. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you're, you're going to what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'll have to explain that one. Yeah, later. which, uh, uh, which. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I'm going to make a statement here that might not be true, right? But it, but I'm pretty sure it is that that one phrase, which means it's good, yeah. is probably the most uh, changeable phrase, right? Depending on your age and your location within the UK, it might be other countries as well. But mm. I remember even different schools within my city mm. 
our group would say, even different years within our school, you know, we like the little kids would say, oh, that's, that, uh, that's boss. it's quality, that's boss, it's like, that's heavy, that's it's mad, it's wicked. And it, but then, some, like, it just it evolved so much. Let's just very quickly go through as many different ways of saying that's good All as right. we can think of, right? So we've got, oh, that's boss, that is. Uh, that's amazing. That's wicked. Safe. That's sick. Dark. That is dope, man. That's heavy. That's uh, solid. Wicked. Did you already say I've wicked? I've done wicked. Crucial. That is crucial. No one says that anymore, but that's I like bants. it. Bants. We've already yeah, had that. Now we've got that. Uh, that's um, that's that's dead on. Dead on. Uh, quality. I've, I might have already said cracker. That. Cracker eye in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, there are there grand. Are. Uh, fantastic, splendid, spiffing. Yeah, they're all a bit posh, but there's yeah, they're very. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a lot that's of those, but anyway, grand. they change. That's grand. There's loads. All right, and uh, depending on what word you say, that will reveal your level of cool to other people. Okay, it's true. It's true. It's sort of you know more so than any other phrase. I think you think so. I think so. Okay. So if you say, that's um, jolly lovely, isn't it? Well, that's ace. Like, as an example, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, God, who says that still? All right. I, th- I thought it was quite normal myself. But, uh, <laughs> what do I know? I'm only Luke from Luke's. <laughs> um, right, here's the next one. You've got two more left. Yep. Uh, yeah, two more. All right. I reckon I'm going to put money on the fact that you don't know this. Okay. Let's see. So this is a, a phrase that means it's all gone bad. It's, it's all de- gone tits up. It, no. <laughs> it's all gone... It's all deteriorated. Like, for example, it's all gone to the dogs. Wow. Okay. It's all gone... Hmm. <laughs> gone... It's all gone... Sal- it, it's all gone south. That's good. It's all gone south or it's all gone pear-shaped. Pear-shaped. It's all gone... Just give me a clue. Okay. It's like a thing that you, you put something... You, you put food into it and then put it in the oven. Uh, you put food. Uh, it's all gone bowl, a bowl, uh, oven. It's all gone tray. In Lancashire, they like to eat some a dish called Lancashire hot. Hmm. It's all gone pot. It's all gone to pot. It's all gone to pot. There we go. It's all gone to pot. It's all gone to pot. My theory, new now as I've just been listening to this, is that things go wrong quite a lot in the UK, and that's why we have so many versions yeah. of it's all gone tits up. It's gone belly up. Uh, bellies up. It's gone belly up. Belly up. Belly up. It's belly up. It's gone south. It's gone pear shaped. It's gone to pot. It's all gone to the dogs. We have a lot of phrases true. to say this. We're a negative wrong. culture. <laughs> but we also have loads of phrases for saying that's good. It's true. So we're not necessarily a negative culture. Either things are great or they're not. Yeah. There's no in between. There's no, what like mediocre. That's gone mediocre. It's a land of extremes. That's all right. Although, we, yeah, we, we, everything in the UK is great or not so great. But when we speak to each other, everyone's just all right. You all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You all right? I'm all right. Yeah. yeah, all yeah right. I'm right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, some people, when they come to England, like Americans or whatever, they come to the UK and they meet people and the people go, you're all right. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I miss my family a little bit, but uh, other than that, I'm okay. <laughs> we should do a whole thing, like you're a whole sketch you, of like uh, an American you, coming to England. Yeah. Are you all right? Are you all right, Paul? Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm getting by. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult. <laughs> The, the food's not as good as, I, as I'd hoped, but, uh, you know, I'm basically all right. No, no, I just mean hi. Yeah. Um. All right? All right? All right, mate? All right, mate. Yeah. Here's the last one. Um, um, 
Okay, here's the last one. All right, this is this is when better be good. This is it's it's not going to be that good. Um, I'm sure. Again, I think you might not know it. You need you did know the other one. It's all gone to pot. Yeah, it's all gone to pot. I've heard. Took a little while to get there. Yeah, but you did know it. Uh, Here's here's another one. Um, um, When things suddenly become chaotic and out of control, Uh, they're mental. For example, when they announced a flash sale of Louis Vuitton handbags, what happened in the department store? Oh. Shit was cray-cray. It, yeah, cray-cray, <laughs> meaning crazy. Okay. Uh, mental, uh, uh, give me, an ex- give me a, a, a clue. Okay, um, like, for example, um, let's see. Because there could be so many expressions. You haven't it, given it, me- it, it just went completely out of control. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's like when the contents of, you know, uh, certain religions say that there's a heaven above us and yeah. below us there is... It's what? all gone to hell? No, it was all, all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. See, that's yeah. the kind of cue, the clue that I'm looking for. Because right. if you just say you go into a store and stuff was crazy, like there's about 50 million expressions okay. as well. So right. that's great. All, all hell broke loose. I yeah. like that one. So did you get my, did you get my example? Yeah. The, the, well, I, you said heaven and... No, I mean the example I used oh. in the department store. Yeah, all hell broke loose in the department store at Louis Vuitton sales. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what, and so I mean... Or I, Primark. I remember seeing this on TV in Japan when I lived there because mm. like, Louis Vuitton bags were like the, the, you know, the biggest thing at the time. I think they still are. Everyone on the, on the subway in Japan had Louis Vuitton bags, you know. It's like in Paris now, you can walk around the streets and just count. I do this with my wife. We walk around and um, I, uh, we, we do like a counting competition. Before we go out, we predict how many pairs of Adidas Stan Smiths we're going to see. <laughs> or uh, Nike Air Max Ones. Yeah. It oh, seems Adidas Stan Smiths are the, are the, the easy-to-spot ones. You know, ladies and gents, I don't know if you're aware of this, but certainly in Paris at the moment, Adidas white Adidas Stan Smith trainers are incredibly popular. They've come back. I think they were originally brought out in the 80s. I think so, yeah. And then they came back in the 90s, and they're yep. back again. And it's just them. It's not like all old-school Adidas trainers are back. It's just that the model. Stan Smith. And every man and his dog is wearing... Stan Smith's trainers. And so, I mean, we went to a festival called We Love Green uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, before we went, I was like, I said to, to my wife, I was like, okay, how many pairs of Stan Smiths do you think we're going to get? <laughs> and she was like, 25. And I said, all right, 50. You know what we got? Um, after about an hour of counting, and I got like a ratio after an hour, I calculated that over the three hours... If I kept counting, I would have counted 500 pairs. Oh, my God. That many. That's outrageous. It was like one, two, three. You know, we walked, walking up the road to the festival, it was like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. (laughs) You know, they just kept going up and up and up I played a game uh, similar to that a couple of years ago, and you can still kind of do it in Paris, but I get the impression there's less of them, but smart cars. um, Right. The the very small cars. Like, I remember when I first moved here, I was just... um, uh, it was it was impressive how many of them there were there were in Paris. Similar and how many there were as well. Yeah, <laughs> how many there were. Similar thing in Paris. I've noticed that foreigners that come to Paris notice that there's a lot of motorbikes with three wheels, two at the front, one at the back. And right. Are, uh, they're not shocked by this. They go, "Oh, that's weird. I've never seen a three-wheeled <laughs> motorbike before." But they're everywhere. It'd be funny if they were shocked though. I was shocked when I came to Paris yeah. to discover the number of three-wheeled. Uh, scooters. It was absolutely shocking and disgraceful. Ugg boots. A couple of years ago, you could do the same thing with Ugg boots. Ugg boots. 
those yeah. boots that women would wear that are technically indoor shoes in Australia. Uh, yeah, that's. I used to have a pair of Ugg boots when I lived in Australia, and then I came over to England, and they were all the rage, and people were wearing them outdoors, and I was like, oh god, what's? And and, and I was the pretentious one because it's like, oh, sorry that you've lived in Australia, you know. We, yeah. Uh, so yeah, women would wear these sheepskin boots. Okay, I see. By um, the of Ugg. Anyway. Right, so we've got to the end. That was just 10 out of 200. Does that mean we need to do this 20 more times? (laughs) Oh, mate. We'll see. What's happening on my podcast at the moment is that I'm just sort of... I keep planning things or collecting language or questions or other stuff, and I end up with these huge lists or databases, as I call them, of stuff that I will then have to, you know, make further episodes out of. Because I think, okay, I'll, I'll make a list of jokes, and then I'll... I'll like, uh, how many minutes are we on? An hour and 15. An hour and 15, we're going to stop it. That's 10, 10 phrases in an hour and 15. Is well, it's one phrase per... Th- for an English learning podcast, Luke. What is this? How can you call yourself an English learning podcast well, when you've taught people 10 phrases and me about 11? Uh, <laughs> but I think, to be honest, Paul Paul Taylor, that um, you know, they get more than just the 10 phrases, don't it's they? true, they get there's, the English. There's a hell of a lot of added value in there. Because see, if this was just about teaching people 10 phrases... It would be boring. I think it wouldn't be as good, would it? No. It's got to. You've got to get add in all of the fluff, all of the, the sort of nonsense banter, yeah. uh, to to make it uh, hopefully an enjoyable experience. If anyone out there is still listening, I imagine that there, there are like people around the world sleeping, like they've fallen asleep, maybe behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. I don't know, and they're falling asleep, and this is going on, and no one's listening. I imagine like a you know like a train carriage full of people all asleep or some person on their sofa you know just drunk and asleep because during the episode they were drinking <laughs> just to try and maintain <laughs> levels of hope um, and by this point I imagine most people are just d- just asleep or, or passed out somewhere I think I, I have a phrase uh, uh, what, what, what are these called again? what? S- set phrases? no fixed phrases fixed, I'm, I'm calling them fixed, fixed phrases I have a fixed phrase to end the show yes. that, that sums up What's just happened here uh-huh. is that we really like to beat around the bush. Yes. Yeah, we do like to beat around the bush. Sometimes what happens, Paul, is I get the wrong end of the stick and then I start to beat around the bush with it. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, um, I've somehow managed to uh, cause a couple of uh, woodcocks to come flying out of the bush too early and I've really cocked it up. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it just shows, doesn't it, there's a very fine line between <laughs> clever and stupid. <laughs> As um, as was once famously said, and uh, um, you know, I think uh, I think ultimately, uh, as I was beating around the bush the other day, I found a bad egg. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you use that expression. Oh, I'm still fa- not convinced. Your face is amazing. I'm still not convinced you've got that. You just found a bad egg. You mean you no, literally? To, you literally yeah, found yeah, a bad I egg. I did literally find a bad egg. I was just making a joke. Uh, I thought you meant like you found a person. It was like sitting He'd in the been hedge. Expelled from school. Some he was bad, a bad, egg. bad person who was sitting in the. We hedge. thought it was a shoe in, but it turned out to be a bad egg. Way there we okay. go. I think it's time right. to end this episode of the podcast. Is. Paul Taylor, how does it feel to have appeared on another episode of Luke's? English it feels podcast? great, and I'm, I actually learned some stuff, which is great. Hope you guys learned a lot as well. And uh, yeah, keep uh, keep tuning in to Luke's English podcast. As I said before, tell your friends uh, about the Facebook page. Mm. We need more than ten thousand likes because mm. uh, Luke uh, said that he didn't want to be a, 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 a flash in the frying pan. A, a flash. In the pan. A flash in the pan. He wants to make this a, 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 a not an overnight success. So, like the page. It's, it's it's impossible for it to be an overnight success. Now it's been going for six years. All right. But anyway, I was just clarifying. Yeah, they often say an overnight success uh, takes 
uh, somebody was like, oh, he was an overnight success. Yeah, but it took five years. Uh, right. Which they often say about like, like either new actors, new comedians that come out, new anything that's, that, that, that's new singers. Mm. And they're like, oh, he's an overnight success, like Miley Cyrus, overnight success. Mm. She was doing a lot of music before that and same with all the rest of it. Right. Anyway, uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on, Paul. And thank you very much, everyone, for listening to the episode. Uh, it's time to end it, but I will speak to you again soon. So, goodbye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.